may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Another episode of The View from the Ninian is here. After a dismal one-all draw with Millwall yesterday at the CCS, we have to pick through the bones of another Mick McCarthy performance. Joining me, as always, is Ben Price. Ben, Mick McCarthy in or out at this stage? Uh, Shake it all about. Shake it all about. Tom Phillips, you're here as usual, but in a new podcasting situation. Mick McCarthy, in or out? Uh, in. I'm still Harris in, so... um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in um i mean let's let's not let's not mess around let's get straight into the millwall game that happened yesterday um the first line i've written in the agenda ben and i'll come to you on this one first crap first half much improved second half is this a theme why can't we start games well i mean that's the age-old question isn't it why can't we start games well yesterday we started the game so badly that we gave them a goal by scoring it for them we're just generous souls, aren't we? It's yeah, the we problem are. with the Welsh. We're too giving, too nice, too friendly. And Aidan Flint's too shit and shouldn't be playing any playing football. Although, to be honest, I'm giving him this grief already, but it, what the goal wasn't actually his fault. No. It, yeah, was, I mean, it, uh, was, it was a crap on goal, wasn't it? But it, it I don't think horrific. it was his fault. It was horrific. He just had no luck and the ball bounced off him in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ball and just everything from it, all the blame lays squarely at Sean Morrison's feet for that goal, who I don't think is fit. I think he's still near an injury, but the defence is in such a bad shape. He's got to be playing to sort of try and have some sense of control of the game. I mean, yesterday, we started with a new system. It was kind of like a 5-3-2 or a 3-5-2 when we were pushing forward, whichever way you want to frame it. Do you think we, in that case, if Morrison wasn't fit, Ben, do you think we needed to rush him back if we had Nelson and Flint that could play in a two? Yeah, because Nelson and Flint aren't exactly setting the world on fire. Um, Just the way that their performance against... Uh, in the first game against Barnsley, was just really, really shaky. Flint is just back from a major hamstring injury and his barista confidence. He got shipped out of a club because they felt he wasn't good enough. Don't get who you are. That's not going to do anyone's confidence any good. Mm-hmm. Um, and Curtis Nelson looks like he's on his ass confidence-wise and just looks like he needs a break. Um, so, yeah, you need to put someone in there to sort of try and help that out and try and level it out a little bit. Tom? Do you think we need to be playing Aidan Flint if we have two other fit centre-halves? Same question to you, really. I think that there's no coincidence that Kieran Brown is coming back now, is it, from Livingston? Like, I'm not sure if that's out of... Because he's performed well, or out of desperation, really. Because you've got, yeah, you've got Nelson, who's, like, lacking confidence, and then two blokes who look unfit. So, it's an interesting approach to put them all on the pitch, as if having yeah. two, two half-fit people makes a full centre-back. It's a so, bit like what's it? A survival of the fittest. Literally. <laughs> but yeah, we play yeah. centre back hunger games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoever doesn't die <laughs> gets the game. <laughs> but I think I think um, yeah, I think Ben Price is right about Morrison not being fit. But I think I would rather a crocked Morrison on than Flint at the moment. He just doesn't fill it with any sort of confidence. Um, and it's a pity you see Morrison make that mistake that leads to the goal because you know. It, as much, even if when he's not fit, he doesn't tend to make that many mistakes, but no. it was poor from him, really. And then it's just Sod's law with Flint. Just hit come off him and then straight past Smithies as well. Like, I do feel for him in that respect. Like, everyone's on his back, and within a few minutes, you've kicked it into your own net and probably not the fault of your own. Well, I, I've, I've written here within the agenda that Flint was dog shit yet again. But, Ben, I don't, I don't think he was 
over the 90 minutes, apart from that opening, and there are, he has his moments where he looks shaky, I don't think he played that badly. I don't know why I wrote that. You just don't like him, do you? Same as me. I it's like just him. there is a lot of it is fans don't no no Cardiff fans taken to him, have they? No. Um but I I don't think yeah, he wasn't horrific. it wasn't like his worst Adam Flint game, but it's the lack of confidence and just seeing his his cards be marked, his he needs to get out of the club for his own career. Mm-hmm. Um there's no he's clearly not the player we need or thought he was coming in. And yeah, it's just he can do no right in, in a lot of fans' eyes. And I'm included in that. Look, I really don't rate the player. I would happily see him leave on a free transfer and take the hit. But I don't think anyone's going to take him. Um, but no, he wasn't the root cause of all the problems yesterday. Um, the one thing sort of you had going for Flint before was he was a threat in the box at the other end, scoring a few, picking up a few goals. But um, even that didn't really happen for him yesterday against Millwall. It was just nothing... He wasn't bad. He just there was it was a nothing performance from him. And I think if you're on the back foot like he is, you need to be a seven and eight out of ten, don't you? Because yeah. if you're trying to win fans round, being okay is not enough for the moment. Yeah. And you say like he needs to leave the club, and it shows when he did leave the club, he got sent straight back to us. So poor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, guy. I do feel a bit sorry for him. Yeah. There's there's an element of almost like it's like you can see. You can. It's like I've played against Sunday League players who are so bad, but they've got the instincts that I know. I keep saying this analogy. They look. They can get themselves into the positions and they make the runs. But when they get there, they don't know what they're doing. I've had though, and that's why I feel like Aidan Flint's at at the moment. It feels like he knows what he needs to do, but his body just can't quite get him there. Do you know what I mean? Aidan Flint reminds me of you. See that lad who's quite good at football, but turns up on Saturday and is still hungover or pissed on the night before. And you can see his body's trying to, his head is trying yeah. to do one thing, but his fucking legs just aren't having it, are they? That's what it sort of feels like with Flint. Or he's the, the five-a-side player who's got all the gear but no idea because he's got nice boots. He all, he's got the, the nice old boots like the Adidas Preds from the, the late 90s and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I see rare boots for you. They're one of his biggest, he's one of their biggest clients, but he's shit at football, so why get them? I say that. I've spent 200 quid on Predators off eBay, so... Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe me and him should be best mates. Um, <laughs> ben, the, the new system, we, we touched on it briefly, but it, it struck me as a relatively fluid way of playing, right? We kind of have the two wing-backs pushing forward, um, only one winger. Don't, 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 don't know what that was about, but um, it struck me as a slightly more fluid way of playing. Um, did, did that translate, do you think, on the pitch? I think later on in the game it did when Wilson came on, but for the rest of the time it looked a bit uh, like it didn't really work. It, it wasn't, like, again, it was a case of not, horrific but not exactly the result you'd want it was just sort mm-hmm. of another formation that isn't really worth ticking for us um i think the first half like, like we said the first half was really poor i think millwall contributed to a really poor game as well same as barnsley on wednesday um but yeah it's the system didn't really suit the players on the pitch um, I felt the midfield were more involved in the game than they have been for weeks i thought bakuna definitely stepped up and sort of starting to show a bit more of what he's about and sort of why people sort of, he won people over towards the end of last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like that was a bit of him. Volks, while not everything came off, was busy and sort of getting amongst it, which is what you want from him. And Raz looked like he was sort of trying to find the killer ball again that he's sort of been missing for the last probably few months. So that was a bonus, but I, I think the system helped that way. But then I don't think we got the best out of the wing backs. You're playing with three at the back, and you've got those wing backs. You need to get the ball to those wing, ball to those players so they can get up and down the pitch. Mm-hmm. Ng took a while to get into the game. When he did, he was 
pretty good. Um, Bennett, I don't think he can play wing back at 30 years old now. I think it's, those days are gone. If you're going to play that system, why isn't Bagging getting the run out? Because you can just run yeah. around for 90 minutes. Yeah, it's, I mean, Bagging showed against. Was it was in the Barnsley game? He played, He started, he got up and down the pitch quite nicely, um, put, a, put a couple of crosses in. Tom, do you think we're trying new systems New managers come in, and we we you know we've heard all the talk about low confidence. Players like Volks, Roll seems for the last six months have been playing in themselves, not the way that you would normally play. You know, Volks has gone from this kind of all action aggressive midfielder to someone who boots the ball away as soon as he gets it. Do you think we're we're expecting too much to see massive changes overnight? Do you think the, the confidence is going to come back to these players, and in three games' time they're going to be like they used to be? Yeah, I think we'll see a gradual improvement, but and I think. What, from what we've seen so far, we're definitely more direct. Um, some of it's not coming off, but we're, we're definitely trying to move the ball forward quicker. I don't think it'll be mm-hmm. pretty at times, but there's not much faffing around with it. We're, we're trying to get forward. And I think that will help players like Rawls and stuff. And I think that's why we're crying out for Wilson to actually start. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I'm hoping we see an improvement because it can't get much worse than it was a month or so ago. So uh, having someone in to you know massage your ego whatever gets these players going like Mick McCarthy he's a good man manager like you hear that from players who played under him before apart from the odd one or two that we know who played for Cardiff but but you know I, th- I think we will see an improvement over the over the coming weeks uh, no faffing about strikes is a very Mick McCarthy phrase you'd either say no faffing about or no fannying around I think fannying around yeah I should have gone fannying around faffing yeah, I'll take that on board. I think he would have got, yeah. No, it's okay. Just, uh, just, uh, just more of an observation rather than anything else, really. Um, I, I got, I've got some stats from the last couple of games. Obviously, we know Wednesday against Barnsley was dreadful, even though we managed to draw the game to all. Um, but I think uh, we talked about this yesterday, Ben, over WhatsApp um, in, 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 this, you know, in our planning group chat, that perhaps it was better yesterday, but it still wasn't good. Um, Wednesday, we, we, it was about 50% possession each, 11 shots. On Wednesday, we only completed 127 completed passes, um, a 42% pass success rate. 69 of those, nice. We're in our own half, uh, 58 in the opposition half. And Rolls and Volks were top of the pops with a whopping 18 passes each on Wednesday. I mean, 18 passes in 90 minutes. Pirlo-esque. <laughs> it's dreadful. But yesterday... 57% possession, 17 shots uh, compared to 11. <clears throat> 349 accurate passes with a 73% success rate, almost doubled our success rate. We did, in fact, double our actual completed passes and then some. 191 of those passes were, were in the opposing half. So, you know, last week we were 58 in the opposing half, four times that in the opposing half yesterday. Vox was top of our passes again with 58 passes this time. So that's three more, three times passes. Um, and Vox was also top of the chances created with four. Um, so maybe we're already starting to see the shackles come off with someone like Vox getting forward and creating four passes. Second in the chances created column was Harry Wilson, Ben. Um, how nice is it to see him come on and look bright, look, you know, with attacking intent and actually make the assist for Kiefer Moore's 10th goal of the season, which is... That ball was naughty, wasn't it? Yeah, sometimes. That's just exactly where a striker like Kiefer Moore wants it, just to run straight yeah. on, hit it first time across the keeper, just... Lovely stuff. But yeah, I think it's a weird one. Wilson coming on and play like that justified him starting in the next game, but also justified McCarthy in dropping him for a bit because he's not played like that for a while. He's not had that hunger. And I just think sometimes players need to be dropped and have that kick up the ass. 
one of one of the Twitter questions we had, and it, it's pertinent, is from Rich CCFC, and he just basically said, "Why is Wilson one of our best players warming the bench?" Tom, he just needed a rest, didn't he? I, I don't think it's a rest. I think what it is is coming into a club like Cardiff, someone like Wilson, he knows he's going to be starting games, and under Harris. It was never under threat, no matter what happened. And McCarthy's come uh-huh. in, seen the performances and gone, right, I'll put him on the bench. Because I think he needed that. Look, you're not guaranteed to start. I'm a new manager. You're not guaranteed to start under me. You've got to prove something. And this is probably going to turn out to be a stroke of genius. I can't see him being on the bench again for the rest of the season. And I think you'll see an improvement. Like he came on, he was so bright. And that ball is what we've been wanting from him. We've seen it in fits and starts. And even when he's not playing well, He's still quite high he's up in the league chart, isn't he? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's still high up in the league charts with chances created. So imagine what he can create when he is playing well. So I think fair play to McCarthy. He's made brave decisions in that first couple of games. And I, I can, yeah. I, I can see him if the performances drop slightly from Wilson from where he needs to be. I, I don't think McCarthy's got any qualms in dropping him. I, no. like, I think if he, if he does drop off again, McCarthy will drop him to remind him where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Like the the whole idea of like and he said it himself, just because you come from Liverpool doesn't mean you're guaranteed to start. And that's a really refreshing attitude to have because I think Wilson sort of early on in his career, part of why he sort of stagnated at Liverpool was and he I think he was sent back to the eighteens from training with the first he was sent back down to the eighteens because his attitude was poor and he sort of got a bit too big for his boots. So to see there is that in him. And to see someone try and squash it out early and sort of say, look, I'm not digging you out at sort of having a pop, but this is where you need to be is, I think, good man management. McCarthy's been in the game long enough now to know how to deal with players like that. And I think Wilson will be one of those players that responds to it. Well, clearly he is. Couldn't deal with Jay Bothroyd though, could he? But I think um, we're, we're, what McCarthy can has got the luxury of is he's on a six-month contract. His reputation's already, like he's been around the block already. He's not going to lose any, like, fans aren't going to turn on him for doing it. Where Harris, yeah, he, he, put, he puts Wilson on the bench. You love the whole fan base coming after you. And I think yeah. I think that's why, I think that, yeah, Mick McCarthy just benefits from that, doesn't he? He's got a six-month contract, reputation already sorted, happy days, put him on the bench. No one's going to say anything. You think Mick McCarthy's quite, like, he's been quite successful at handling players when he's been at a club long term. I, I am quite interested to see how sixth month don't give a fuck Mick McCarthy's going to be. Yes. Yeah. I think it could be quite an interesting way of seeing how he reacts. I, I'd be interested to see what happens. Like, because I, I feel like at this stage, there's still a slight expectation that Mick McCarthy could stay, right? If he does well enough, he could stay beyond the end of the season. I don't think many people want that to happen, but that could happen. But I'd like to see what happens when we get to a point where, I don't know, if in a month's time it's clear that he's not staying because things aren't going as well as he would have hoped or there's just had been conversations in the back, that could when Mick McCarthy could go even more rogue. Like, he could, he could you know, like, if we're not going to get relegated. He's not going to be around for a long season. Play the youth team. Play every single youth team player in that first team and just see what happens. Because it could, it could be quite an interesting six months. It could be a bit of a wild ride between now and the end of the season, couldn't it? I want him coming yeah. out on the last game of the season just swigging a can with a fag hanging yeah. out of his mouth in his dressing gown. First fuck game. the lot of you, you bastard. Yeah, first game back in the stand, he's going, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Like, one of my favourite <laughs> moments My favorite moments he did was when he was at Ipswich, right? And they were playing Norwich in the East Anglia derby. I think they scored quite late on to go one all and draw the game. And instead of, like, celebrating properly, he just looked at the Ipswich fans and went, fuck off! <laughs> and, like, pumped his fist, like, get it up here to his own fans. That's Mick McCarthy. That's what we want to see. 
Um, I mean, looking ahead to Bristol next, um, big derby. But I just wanted, as an aside, as we love expected goals on the View from Ninian podcast, um, Tom's pumping his fist uh, in the background. There was a table last night posted um, on Twitter at Experimental361. He's, he's been tracking expected goals and like where, you know, each week how far we can move up and down the table with expected results. Um, it's and- a fucking life. I'm, I'm, ben so, says the podcasters yeah yeah then they know no one's paying us to do this but yeah here we are um uh, if, if expected goals um you know that that mathematical equation that no one really understands um were were real goals this season we'd currently be in sixth which is a difference of plus nine places on where we are at the moment on around 41 points just 18 off brentford who would be top if the expected goals were real goals um, we would have turned uh, three extra wins. We would have turned seven losses into three losses, and we would have conceded three and a half less goals and scored one point six more goals, which just bolsters the case, really, Tom, that we are underperforming, doesn't it? Yeah, we're just not clinical, are we? Um, no. And I think that that's why Moore coming back, like he's come back and he's scoring already, and having Wilson tick in is so integral to us. Um, but yeah, you can see why I'm such an advocate for expected goals now. Because if expected goals are real, we'd be doing really well. Yeah, and I will carry on pushing for it. We need yeah. to get, we're, we're in dangerous territory here because literally an hour or so ago, I may have sent a tweet out abusing a well-known journalist for a very similar article about if Cardiff where Cardiff oh, would be. I did see that article, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, was um, it from your personal account, Ben Price? Yeah, it was. I wouldn't do the view from Ninian on that. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's have a little look. All at what abuse comes direct from me. I'm not hiding behind an anonymous account. Oh, I see what you've written here. Yeah, I saw that. What was it that if if in the first half of games we'd be bottom three, but if it was the second half we'd be top six or so, second Mick, top? That makes sense, mind, doesn't it? Watching this I season. Yeah, it does make sense, but also it's it's even more nonsensical than expected goals. Yes. <laughs> Just over that, it's, it's, it was the, I sort of more had a pop at the fact that the person in question who posted that article didn't sort of research it himself. He saw it on a forum. He took a, a forum tweets, that's known he? for shady activity and then tagged owner of said forum in the tweet, trying to get him to retweet it because he's a sad banana man. That gives it away at the end there. Shout out <laughs> that guy. Um, I've rejigged the tw- the the agenda this week, and we're actually looking ahead to the Bristol game before we do Twitter questions and everything else because it's the Bristol game. Um, it, it kind of comes off the back of the game this week. Uh, we've talked about the defence and Flint not wanting to play. Ben, I'll come to you first. Bristol next Saturday. I mean, Lee Johnson isn't there anymore, so you, you know you can you can stand down on that one, but. What changes would you make between now and then? Obviously, we've got rumoured transfers coming in, everything else. But, you know, if squad stays as it is, what are you doing next Saturday? Not watching. <laughs> um, yeah, can I make changes to the Bristol side or does it just have to be ours? You can make changes to the Bristol side. They have got some new signings. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because we've done it with Bristol at the moment. They're more, they've sort of, really, after a really, really good start, shockingly for Bristol, they fought... <laughs> way yeah i thought again i thought they won the league back in september yeah who'd have seen that come in but um yeah i'm not looking forward to this you're not looking forward to it no i i I don't like losing to bristol yeah but 
I'll come to Tom. I don't know we will. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Surely this is this is Mick McCarthy's bread and butter. Derby game, keep a solid, nick a 1-0 win, shoving up the fucking Wurzels. Surely this is what Mick McCarthy's built for. I'd hope so. It's a perfect chance to get sort of a bit of good feeling amongst the fans if it comes off. It's a perfect time to get your first win away at Ashton Gate against like the, one of your biggest rivals. It's it's the you're right. It is the perfect McCarthy game. We're going to win. We're going to win one nil and shit out it. And I'm all for that. There we go. He's come around so fast, hasn't he, Tom? Um, you were nodding along in agreement with me about the you know surely winning next week. I mean, we've gone from drawing with Barnsley crap game. Yesterday, drawing with Millwall, but it was a better game. Surely, a win on Saturday is the next logical step. Yeah, we'll win a crap game. Yeah, I think that's all we'll oh, do. Yeah. All games are crap from now on. Oh, yeah, 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 no it doubt. That's what <laughs> Yeah, it goes forward and we might score every now and again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they're poor, my Bristol, really poor. Because um, I think we found our level, haven't we, the last couple of games. We are yeah. mid-table mediocrity this year. We can see it, like Barnsley draw, Millwall draw. But then we'll sneak a win in this one and then we'll go back to our draws again then, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm quietly confident. You know, I've got my optimism back. So yeah, I think we'll do him. You move out, I, of the, I, move out of the dark ages for one day and look at you. The old Tom's back. Yeah, bright this, lights and stuff has got to me here. So. It feels like, and this is looking ahead beyond Bristol, if we get a win against Bristol, it feels like something. And I think we've said this about every couple of weeks. It could kickstart our season. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Bristol on Saturday, Rotherham Tuesday, Coventry Saturday the 13th, Luton Town on the 16th of February, and then Preston on the 20th of February. It's not a fa- it, it, Some of those games are favourable, Ben. You know, Coventry, Rotherham below us, Preston very hit and miss, Luton hit and miss as well. I don't really know what we're going to get with them. If we beat Bristol, it could be the start of something, couldn't it, Ben? You'd like to think so. Look, the club need a run. Um, three unbeaten would mm-hmm. be really really nice and if you make sure those three unbeaten aren't three without a win or take it to ten without a win sorry it would be even better um, I think it's even going beyond then the f- the fixtures coming up we've played a lot of sort of the bigger more difficult runs I think it's not a bad sort of run until the middle of March so Christ you mm-hmm. never in the championship you never know what could happen between then we could be yeah. bottom or we could be, we could genuinely be thinking Oh, actually, we could have a run here. We could have a last. No, we we, we we no, we can't. We're not going to. I'm not saying we will. We've Listen, got no we, chance of it. We, but... we have to inject some optimism into things. A run of four or five wins could take us from you know where we are on the table up to the heady heights of sort of ninth, tenth, going into the final part of the season. It could be, this could be the start of a playoff run. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Um, we talked about Bristol. I've had a look at their results recently. They've been relatively as inconsistent. In December, they, they had losses to Rotherham, Millwall, Preston and Luton. Um, and then in January, they had wins over Preston and Millwall, um, playing them back-to-back in December and January. They, they've lost to Norwich and Derby. They sit about ninth in the table. Um, Tom, they've recently signed Henry Lansbury, a man who looks good with long hair, a shaven head. Uh, he's a very handsome man. Um They've got players like uh, Casey Palmer. They've you know got Chris Martin, who's been playing a lot off, off the bench. Do they worry you as a football team? Do you, how much you know about them this season? I feel like they, like we said, they started well but have dropped a little bit. Yeah, they don't worry me as such. They're just kind of one of those teams that you know you've got to be, you've got to have enough about you on the day. If we play, if we perform poorly, we won't get a result against them. They've got enough firepower there to kind of turn us over. But you know, if we're just solid and I and you know and hard hard to break down, then I think we've got a chance of sneaking it. Like we're not going to batter them or anything like that. But you know, they've they've been poor this year at times. The last couple of results, like Derby have been in some decent form. Norwich are a good team. 
But you, you, you look at them over December, they've got a loss in them. And for once, if we start a game well, then we've got a chance because their confidence will drop. But, you know, we just haven't seen it in so long. But look, that's how they beat us last time, wasn't it? They yeah. scored early and they sat back and we need to do Two to them what in, they did it? to us. Two minutes yeah. in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm just having a little look back over their recent games. So um, it looks like over the last few games, they, they're, they're consistently not creating many chances. Um, the, the Preston game in uh, the 16th of Jan was the last time they created anything more than four shots on uh, across the game. They had 14 shots in that game. They beat Bristol, uh, they beat Huddersfield, sorry, 2-1. They had four shots, two on target. Huddersfield had 26 shots in that game um, and they still couldn't beat them. Against Derby yesterday, it was the same story. Four shots, um, two on target. Ben, if we, can, if we can keep them constricted, if we can then sneak a, a goal ourselves, it feels like this could be there for the taking. It is. I think it's definitely there. They've got. They, I'm just looking at the the team that went out against um, Derby. They lost to Derby, who's another team sort of aren't exactly doing great. Like Naki Wells is always good for a goal, but sort of he's sort of not exactly f- been firing this season. Mm-hmm. Other than that, they're lucky they've got a very good goalkeeper in Bentley. Mm-hmm. Um, Callis and Mawson are two centre backs that sort of seem to have gone backwards over the last few last few years. Um, the strike, main strike threat other than Wells is, uh, how do you say it, Diadu? Diadu, yeah. Diadu, he's been linked with Borough. Um, yeah. So he, like strong links as well as in Borough are really interested in him. So he could be out of the club by the time we play them. Um, they, they, they could be a side that's sort of down on their luck and well there for the taking. We've we've talked, Tom, about the 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 poisonous place that is Cardiff City Twitter at the moment. Um, obviously, this is kind of this feels like Mick's first proper test. Obviously, the the first two games, bit of hit, you know, free hits. Uh, yeah, you know, we haven't lost since he's been in charge. But if we lose against Bristol, uh, are you going on Twitter? How poisonous it, is it going to be? I think it's going to depend on the manner of the defeat. I think like we we lose a three nil, and you'll you'll see people start to turn very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there'll be people who turn anyway. Like um, if we lose one nil or so anyway, but. I think I think he's got another couple of weeks, another couple of games before people will really start to judge him, unless it is a hammering. Um, I don't think people are going to turn on him though. I think everyone knows that what happens at the moment, especially McCarthy, can't be judged on. Um, it's going to take time for his stuff to come on. I, I know we're very, very even as a fan base, we're very fickle and like to jump on people, but I think most people can see if we lost to Bristol on Saturday. Most of the blame doesn't lie, lie at McCarthy. There might be a couple of decisions you question, but Christ, there's a rot at this club that really needs to be looked at that isn't going to be solved with having a man in, char- in charge for six months. Yeah, but I think it depends though, because if you if you start Flint for three games in a row and bench Wilson for three games in a row and still don't get a result, yeah, then, then people are going to question the bloke coming in because. It's and also, I think the, there's. It depends which way you look at it. Like, yeah, he's here for six months. You can't really judge him on the quick stuff. But the reality is, if if Cardiff City fans decide they don't want him after three games, which could happen, then it's just going to be a shit six months, isn't it? And 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 like the only way that our and, and this is this is a broader point I think about football at the moment. The only way people can make their points at the moment to the board to the football club they support is tagging them in tweets and calling them pricks. Like there's <laughs> yeah. there's you can't go to games and boo. You can't you know the 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 you know the, the written press doesn't seem to have the same kind of um uh, teeth at the moment as it used to have but 
people on Twitter just seem to be absolutely vicious at the moment in just having a go at the club. And I think oh, it's, not just, it's not just Twitter. Joe Bennett forgot to turn the comments off on his picture oh, um, no. on Saturday. Um, it was up 30 seconds and there was four comments. Fuck off, you prick. Really? Fucking bullshit. Oh, it was mental, mate. And it's seconds. Within seconds, it's people just hammering him. Like, I've literally saw the saw the post, laughed, saw the comments, so I went, oh, this could be interesting, clicked on it, then refreshed the page and the comments have been turned off. But, um, yeah, just the abusive comments. It was it's... very, very quick to sort of happen. And it wasn't it's, very nice to see. It's shit, isn't it? Bullshit, it's mate. Shit. It's awful. Um, th- there is one exciting twist, um, which could actually stave off some of the poison towards the football club um, with the with the Bristol game. I don't know how true it is. I, I was literally just Googling Bristol City before we came and did the podcast just to see if there were any nuggets that I could talk about. Harry Arter is currently being linked with a move to Bristol City. Um, Tom, you kind of rolled your eyes then. Um, he's a prick though, isn't he? Yeah, he just wasn't very good for us. No, and I, I, I did. Yeah, I just wanted him to play for Bristol and have an absolute stinker. Mate, you're saying he wasn't very it. good. If you look at Facebook, the comments on the Wales Online Facebook when they mentioned about Artemi and told he can find a new club, you just thought he's the fucking second coming and messy the way the people were on about. It. Oh yeah, get look, him in. Yeah, but the key Can't... part of that was you look at the comment section on the Online <laughs> article, isn't it? Yeah, I know. One, one, thing, <laughs> one thing you have to forget, one thing you have to remember is, is that Cardiff City fans love a player who chases a ball out of touch more than anything in the world. Yeah, he didn't. He did nothing. <laughs> yeah, run right around. What the ball's running out of play? I better get there so I can boot it against the advertising hoardings. Well, in hurry. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to see. That's what That's we it. fucking That's like. It. Like Cardiff City fans love a trier more than anything. Cardiff City fans love a trier who goes nowhere more than anything. Um, it'd be quite Oof. funny if Harry Arter did play for Bristol. It could deflect some of the poison away from Mick McCarthy. So that's one to monitor as the transfer window closes, which we'll come to after the Twitter questions. Um, I'll try and do these back to back. Ben, CCFC related has said, which midfielder is the main problem at the moment? I've got some thoughts on this. It's Marlon Pack. But Ben, <laughs> <laughs> which midfielder is the main problem for you at the moment? I don't think any of them are the main problem. I think it's the system the way they're being played. I don't. Th- I don't think any player in that three is a massive issue. I don't think any of them are playing horrifically. They're not playing great. But yeah, it's not any one midfielder. Give a name. Name someone. <laughs> Aaron Wildig. <laughs> yeah, good. I, I I had the same thought as you, really. I think, and I think. Over the last sort of three months, people have criticised... The midfield have come in for the brunt of things because, one, there hasn't been any creativity, but that's not the midfielder's problems who are there at the moment. Everyone's kind of square pegging around a hole. But two, we just never played to anyone's strengths, did we? Like, Vox is, Vox is a bit more of a... a I think he can be an attacking midfielder. When he was at Rotherham, he got goals and assists. You know, I think he got seven each in the season he was there. We're kind of just playing him in his defensive midfielder role, which takes all the edge away from his game. Rawls is trying to do everything because he has to be that attacking person as also that defensive person. And Marlon Pack, as much as I give him stick, we're not playing to his strengths where he's the person who gets the ball and passes it on to someone else or, or, or threads the ball through. And I think that's the problem really, isn't it? It's not the midfielders as individuals being the problem. It's it's the system they were forced into playing. Um, Tom, Gonzo, Gonzo McKenzie says, does anyone know who suggested going for NG and Waters? If it was the transfer committee, then there's hope for the future as both good look, good investments and excellent forward planning. If they were Harris's idea, then God help us with the summer signings. Um, Tom, you, NG looks good. Waters is kind of, he might be injured, he might be not. He's injured, I think. I think I heard he's injured. 
It, it, it sounds like the transfer committee had the right idea with them, though, right? The, the forward-thinking potential for resell young players. Yeah, I think so. It, it seems like a step forward. Um, I think I mentioned before, I'm in like a group chat with a crew fan, and he absolutely loves NG. And it was weird as well, because he asked how he played in that first game. And I said, yeah, he was probably one of our best players. And it was like that pride. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, I'm glad to hear it. He wasn't bitter at all about it. But no, he seems like a real player. There's, there's something there. And, you know, hoping we see more from Watters going forward when he, when he gets a game or two. But um, yeah, it, it, it it's a nice move away from, you know, the likes of, like, we're Warner as soon as he signed and he brought in like everyone he knew like Richardson yeah. that was him and Richardson Shamak Richardson Shamak um, Bamba worked out obviously Bamba Warnock uh, Hoylet sorry not Warnock Warnock yeah. brought himself in <laughs> yeah well, he brought his son in didn't he he gave his yeah, son a, a two year contract, contract. Yeah. Um, and then and then in the summer he signed was it Liam Feeney um, yeah. on loan for who the assist king Liam Feeney as he's known at um, Blackpool um, yeah so it's a nice it is a good step forward I think like there seems to be a better plan in there and we've realised we're skint as well. So at some point, signing young players and selling them on is probably how we get ourselves out of that hole. There was a good article on Wales Online. Glenn did a piece about the um, new committee, yeah. committee members that have come in. Um, I can't remember the guy's name now. Um, we got someone in the summer from Arsenal. Mm. Um, sort of seemed to impress a lot of people. And it clearly has shown a change in strategy. The club's clearly going for younger players with a resale value now. Um, yeah. More than sort of yeah, Gary Medines. Um and I think yeah. million quid. <laughs> I think the other strategy is sign Welsh people because the fans will give them a bit more of a chance as well. That's <laughs> true. We'll come to that in our transfer window chat. Um, James Roberts says much improved. I thought we looked decent with three at the back yesterday. Seemed to create more, although still a little shaky. Reckon Mick will stick with it. I think he will. And Ben, on another note, good thing Big Ken is shit. Can't believe we got eight million quid for him. Um, <laughs> he was woeful yesterday, wasn't he? I think he had his hand touched while grabbing some shoes in Asda again, didn't he? Clearly put him off his game. <laughs> what? What was that mean? <laughs> Do you not remember this? No, 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 no remember. I don't know what you're on about. The Kenzo yes. has the Kenzo has autism post on the message. Oh board. god, yeah. I yeah, oh, I, I do remember yeah, I, I remember that. I don't want to entertain that because that's I fucking people are weird. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. fucking odd. <laughs> it was yeah. odder than Kenzo Hall, that post. Yeah, that's some odd people out there on the message boards. I will say that, um, says the podcasters. Um, (laughs) Tom, Luke Lloyd-Taylor says, actually, I'll save this question uh, because it's a transfer-related question. So I'm just going to copy and paste that, move it down to the bottom so I don't forget. Um, I'll have to delete it now as well. Because otherwise I'll forget. Seamless. Good (laughs) podcasting. Um, Milo says he spent Saturday Saturday afternoon walking around the bay after watching the highlights. I reckon I saw better football being played between two seagulls trying to catch a runaway chip than whatever was happening at the CCS. And I think he's probably right. This one's for you, Tom. Lil Salt. If we get top six, does Mick stay? Yeah. Top 12. Top 12. Sorry, I might say top 12. His ambitions are much lower. Yeah, sorry. Lil Salt, top 12. Does Mick stay? Uh, not top twelve. I think if we go for my predicted plucky eighth and above, I think uh, I think we might see. That's him the cut off. Yeah, eight, I think eight, eight yeah. tops. Yeah, they've got like a chart, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, there's probably like a little bit of an amber zone, like a bit of limbo yeah. where they'll make make a call on it. Do you reckon uh, yeah. what they're using to tr- to track it is like a Mick McCarthy looking sad and a Mick McCarthy looking happy? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on, yeah, get could... the sad Mick. You can see it now. Like we were saying earlier, nobody wants, nobody probably wants him to stay long term, longer than the six months, until you beat Bristol and go on a run of six wins in a row, and then suddenly he's given a three year contract. 
but I think yeah, Ben, ben closed his eyes in anguish at that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a worry, isn't it? It's it's how short sighted our board are. Well, they haven't got glasses, so very short sighted. Um, Tim Burns, Harris back in, fucking booming. Um, the Bob Bank Village has asked, and I'll come to you. Who did I ask last one to Tom? I'll ask you this one, uh, Ben. What percentage of the stuff Dalman says is guff? Good word, guff. That's why you say for farts. <laughs> <laughs> I've guffed. Um, that, I go, that comes back to what we talked about with the, the supporters trust meeting and what Dalman said in that. Um, do you do you believe everything he says, Ben? Christ, no. He's 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 a man involved in banking. If you believe everything he says, you're a fucking fool. The bloke. Like a lot of people say, it, he should have been a politician. We all know mm-hmm. which party he'd stand he'd stand for if he was a politician, but we won't go into that. Um, yeah, the bloke is full of, full of a lot of hot air, and it's sort of when shit hits the fan, it becomes a lot clearer than when things are going good. Um, Tom, I come to you on this one. How do we clear the Warnock Deadwood with the manager in the same mould? Um, I think I think. Do you think the Warnock Deadwood is just being cleared naturally? Cunningham's gone. He's clearly not going to come back because his contract's up in the end of the season. There's conversations around Hoyler and Bennett, um, although I, I think there's probably benefits to keeping both of those players. It, it's going to happen quite naturally, isn't it? Yeah, it does seem like a bit of a natural transition. You know, The signings that have come in, the people are slowly drifting off as well. So more Driftwood than Deadwood now. Um, well, I'm not happy with that. Um, <laughs> I enjoy it. I enjoy it. <laughs> but yeah, it does seem like a bit of a natural transition, and I don't think McCarthy's doing any kind of panic sign saying that. I was going to say he's not doing any panic signers of bringing in people he's managed before. But save that. We, we will save that again. I've done it twice already. Um, but yeah, it does seem quite natural. <laughs> Long story short. Um, and then his last question was, is the mascot on the furlough scheme? Um, I mean, I, I really hope we weren't paying that mascot anyway because he was fucking garbage. Oh, you leave um, that alone. Bloke loves it. I just, no, I, no. I mean, actually, I'm probably thinking of the mascots during the Red Years, which were those weird superheroes. Oh, the weird people thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the horrible, horrible, They were horrible They weren't just scary. horrible, they were creepy. They were really horrible. Um, um, the mascot now is um, not actually on the furlough. Um, if you go by the magic roundabout around eleven o'clock at night, you'll actually see Bartley on the street corner selling himself to pay for his wife and <laughs> wife and kids and keep up his nest. Listen, we've all done things in for in times are tough. We regret times are times tough. are tough. Good for him, just trying to make a living. Um, Nathan Al, CCFC, Ben, it's the whole keep it tight mentality that both Harris and Mick McCarthy seem to have counterintuitive. We always fuck up. He's right. We play better when we're behind and changing the game in the second half. At this point in the season, should we just start games all guns blazing? It's quite a fair question, isn't it? Yeah, because clearly starting and go right, don't concede for the first 10 minutes seems to be something we're completely fucking incapable of. When we're, we're that incapable of it, we score goals for the other team. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like to see us start a bit more on the front foot and sort of give teams something to worry about because fuck me, it ain't happening. Because first, expect that first half, we didn't do a lot against Millwall. It was really, yeah. really just flat and offered nothing. Um, like I said before, if Kenza Hall wasn't exactly yeah. 10 in 2021, um, they could have clearly been to, like 3 0 up by half time. It's Good just... old Ken. Agents are whore. Thank you, Ken. Eight million quid. Yeah, I can't believe Eight that. Eight million there is, quid. There is a story that um, it wasn't Billich's signing. There was some kind of, they just got him in because they were really struggling. Uh, I can't remember the exact story of the details. Uh, Ryan's comment is simply Aiden Flint. Uh, yeah, oh, thank you. See, see half an hour ago. 
Um, <clears throat> Tom S Z. If MM decides to stick with three at the back, is there anyone you see on this side who could be converted into a centre half? I've had enough of us trying to convert people. You know, we we, we tried to with Bakuna right back. It didn't work. Let's just. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can Not see even, why you don't even want to entertain it for this question. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Kiefer Moore. Anyway. Should we put Kiefer Moore back there? He could do a job. And then why, why not? Do what Flint used to do and score from the back. But uh, no, I wouldn't try and convert anyone. I don't think we. Our our plan is to bring Kieran Brown back. That there's our answer. Don't convert anyone. Bring them back from other clubs. That's a good answer. Um, <clears throat> Caleb has come, up, come with five realistic changes you'd like to see at the City change the stand name to the Whittingham stand um, as far as I know and this is going back to the <clears throat> early post-lockdown press conferences as soon as fans are back in the ground and as soon as fans and his family are able to attend there's going to be you know a, a real fitting tribute to Peter Whittingham because obviously he's he was still friends with a lot of people at the club it's just with fans not being there there's sadly there's no point doing anything until we can actually do it to have the, that appreciation a quarterly meeting between club and fans. Ben, quarterly meeting between club and fans. Lottery system to get the fans there. You know, pick a number. Oh, number 25 this time. You get to go and meet the board. Seems That'd to be, be what good, they're doing it? at the moment. But um, I don't know if it's... that. I think there should be... Warnock did a lot of good when he was going out. And admittedly, it's difficult at the moment because of social distancing restrictions. But Warnock going out into the social clubs and down into the valleys and sort of meeting the fans. That That built up a big rapport sort of brought people together especially in the promotion year it was a real good feeling around it mm-hmm. um, and the club even like the board could do little bits of that but also they need to be closely involved with the supporters groups yeah. this whole um, random whenever it happens I, th- I don't think this event was announced until 40 hours before it happened it just seems to be whenever they can be asked it should be a qu- it should be a quarterly thing but at the very least, there should be a, a month, a monthly sort of bulletin update to these groups that they can relay back to the fans. Because without it, the club's been terrible at its communication for years since the re- since before the rebrand. Since this regime's come in, communication is their biggest downfall and makes life a lot more difficult for them than it needs to be. Mm. Um. He also says point three, Tom. Halftime game interaction with the fans when normality resumes. Fan of the halftime game, Tom. I'm not so MSC. Like it... I don't give a fuck what's going on half time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. you're missing out. I'm not. I did it once. I did it once. I went, I went on the pitch at half time and I had to, it was against Preston in the old Ninian Park and I had to get the ball from the halfway line into the goal without it bouncing. To be fair, um, the Ninian Park stuff, there was like the corner challenge, things like that. There was yeah. a hit through the like donut, the shed. like inflatable donut, like um, rubber ring thing from the pool. There was the oh. Wicks thing on me shed, son. On me on shed, me shed son. Yeah, I that was, that. yeah. Oh, to be fair, if they bring some of that back, I'll go down 35 minutes to have a pint and then I'll come back for that. I'm back out for half time. It's definitely better than our first half performances. So if that carries on, yeah, I'll come back for the on me shed. But you would miss out on what is one of my favorite parts is the junior teams having a game. It can, yeah. They all follow the ball. Oh no! It's it's the it's the one kid that just puts in that one crunching tackle. <laughs> there's always one, and there's always That's... one just speaking to his dad. Yeah, just yeah. one kid. <laughs> one kid sat in the side, side, clearly pissed himself, and then one kid that puts in a crunching tackle that makes some other kid cry. Always got, just amazing the, to watch. The pleasure of doing that, unfortunately, never got involved. No, I didn't do that. The only thing I ever did was sing on the pitch as part of a boys' choir. We'll leave that there. We'll leave yeah. that there. <laughs> His point number four was change club quest to a soul bluebird. Um, 
Why? Why is one thing, but also I'm just trying to think of all the badges we've had. This is the fourth badge we've had since I've been supporting the club. Um, the original badge, then the the Celtic Cross, back to the original badge. Uh, you know, the fire and passion, and now this badge. I quite like this badge at the moment. I don't think it's too bad. I think the the, the little red dragon on it is could be better, but I think the badge is all right. So I'm not really I'm not really plus uh, um sold on changing it again and number five was a question mark so if anyone's got a suggestion for the fifth point um ben anything that you want to add to his five realistic changes uh i don't know i just really liked how he wanted us to think of five things and he couldn't be asked to think of five himself yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five um number five a statue of bartley the bluebird outside um paul brinkworth tom my question is why on earth are we hanging on to Vassell when we can get shot of him and use his wages to get somebody else in as he's a so-called striker when he's not on the sick signed on the 8th of august 2019 has had two games hope warnock kept the receipt as we can turn him as damaged goods good question are we going to see Vassell before the end of the season tom no i mean we won't get anything for him <laughs> um yeah Who's gonna take him? that's the thing isn't it um no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, we're not going to see him for the end of the season, Ben. That is, that is a shame. Um, benefactor, Ben, how many of these individual, how have these individual calamities continued all season? I can't remember a season like it. It's a fair point. I can't remember a season where we were so error prone. Um, no. I think there were times under when Darren Purse was in there that we had a few, you know, him, Johnson, Lubens had mistakes in them, but it, it seems to be every week, doesn't it? Every game, it seems to be a mistake that leads to a goal or a really, really preventable goal. Mm-hmm. And that's just how the players can't kick that out. I don't know. Because we're halfway through the season now. Surely by now they've got a gun. They've worked out that when the whistle blows, it's time to switch on. Maybe it's something to do with training. I've heard about Thomas Tuchel's mad training methods. Maybe we're maybe we're, we're teaching the players not to play the first 10 minutes to conserve their energy and they just can't shake it when they get on the pitch. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on week to week. It is mad though, because like it doesn't seem like much has changed in terms of systems and stuff like that. Like performances aren't that much worse. It's just those errors, mm. and it, it's just madness. It's all the time, just like sloppy pass on the edge of the box, or someone completely switching off, or it hitting their ass and going in. It's just it's mad, absolutely mad. And then we can't atone for the errors. Like the Bristol Bristol City game was a prime example of that, right? We went one 0 down within the first two minutes. Two mistakes, you know, it was bad pass and then we didn't defend very well. And then we spent the whole game contriving to miss every chance we had. I, I lost count of the times Kiefer Moore got into the area, got his head on the ball and just pushed it wide or didn't get enough power behind it. It was just, we can't atone for our own mistakes. Um, he said, uh, Benefactor also said, finally, Perry NG, do we like that mad Scouse bastard or what? I really like him, I does see. I, I mean, he's exactly the kind of City player we want, isn't he? He's a, a hard bastard on right back. He gives his energy, gives his all. We love him. And then the last two questions are about um, transfer window, which closes tomorrow. Um, Luke Lloyd-Taylor asks, how many new signings do you think will come in tomorrow and what type of players? Personally, I think we need a defensive midfielder and a right back. But Benefactor's other question, Johnny Esther, what do we reckon, Len, lads? Decent signing if it comes off. This comes from the news story this week, Ben. Obviously, uh, we're in talks with Charlton over a 200k deal for Johnny Williams. Um, lovely little player, as we know. Um, maybe struggles with injury, but what do you think, Ben? Would you take Johnny Williams? Is he the player we need? I don't think he's the player we need, but Christ, he's a fantastic option. I said um, this, well, when did he sign for Charlton? year before last. Um, then mm-hmm. I was all for us taking him on, because obviously it was clear we needed someone sort of to support Tomlin. Um yeah, I'd love to see him at the club. I really would. Um, like I said, there is two issues. His fitness is one concern and him sharing a song with Junior Hoyler is another. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when fans come back, there needs to be something done about that. Whether it's how it has to get sold and go to Toronto, or they just have a duel, like a duel on the pitch. And... I think it could come up in one of those quarterly fan meetings that <laughs> yeah. um, have been suggested. Yeah, uh, chance, shared chance. Um, who gets it for this quarter? <laughs> well, well, actually, or you could do it. Junior gets it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Johnny so mid- Williams gets week it. Junior Tuesday. Saturdays, Johnny. Yeah, and then not bad. Sundays they alternate. They switch every other week, uh, depending on on the time of day it is. Um, I, I wrote here, Tom. Johnny Williams feels like a good move. Two hundred grand for a player who has ability, proven talent, suffered with injuries, but he's been involved in twenty five out of twenty six squads for Charlton this season. Might not have played every game, but he's been involved. Only missing one for international duty. Watching videos of him, you know his goal for in, in the last Wales game against Bulgaria showed him breaking the lines, getting into the box. We know he's got good ability. Fits a hole left by Tomlin, but also he's still only twenty seven. And his salary is still only five grand a week, according to um, various sources. It feels like a no-brainer, right, to take him at this stage. It's worth a go. I don't think he's going to solve all our problems. Because, like, you say that goal for Wales against Bulgaria is his only goal for Wales. Like, you think, of him, you think of him as like a tricky attacking player. He's not going to give us much goals. Like, he's almost like a Tomlin in, in mode in terms of he's tricky, you know, he's got good feet. But he doesn't have that eye for goal that Tomlin did. But he has the injury proneness that <laughs> Tomlin does. Um, that but, smile know, when he got that goal. Oh, I know, oh, I know, such I know. a lovely oh, moment. Oh, yeah, melt your heart. Do you see how happy? I was gutted there was no fans there. For yeah, him. that is yeah. the worst bit because that Canton would have gone absolutely mental. I just couldn't believe it was only his first goal. But like you look back at like Euro 2016, like he was sublime in some of those yeah. games. And, yeah. you know, we only need like shades of that, you know, to unlock a defence to, you know, put for more in. And, you know, you've got your money back almost instantly because, was it 200 grand, you said, isn't it? Um, 200 grand, yeah. It seems like a no-brainer, to be fair. But I I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, like, he didn't set the world alight to this, but he's he's definitely worth having there as an option. Do you think, and, Ben, you know, that... his mates are there from the Welsh squad. That was going to be my next question, Ben. Sorry, do you think that... <laughs> Wait, no, it's a good point. It's, it's, it's a lovely segue. Um, do you think that's fee, you know factoring in as well? Obviously, he can come in and he's already he can already slot into a midfield that has Volks and Wilson in it. He can already slot into uh, a partnership with Kiefer Moore because they've played together for a long time. And it's two hundred grand for a player who might already know a certain way of playing. It, it you know, we've talked about bedding in players, not wanting to sign freebies because it'll take him a while to bed in. Johnny can effectively hit the ground running, can't he? Knows the players. Um, knows the man, knows the stadium, spells, knows the stadium, knows the training ground, and yeah, um, it just like it just all seems a really, really nice move. That sort of he's moving up, he's going back into the championship after a horrific spell, sort of rebuilt his reputation, rebuilt his career, taking that step up again to a level that he definitely deserves to be playing at. Um, he, we get a bargain, and we get a lovely, lovely bloke with it as well. Um, so yeah, I from- just, I'm all for it. So all for it, Tom, all for it. Yeah, I can't believe he's only played 25 times for Wales. Three yeses. Like around, it seems like, like the Brits got talent um, board. Three yeses from us. Yeah. Um, yeah, he has, he's, it, but that's the thing. That's why I was surprised when I looked up how old he was. 27, because he's been, he's, you know, he's been on the cusp of things at Palace since he was sort of 17, 18, right? Yeah. Um, always had those loan spells to Ipswich, um, where he would always go and perform quite well. Um, obviously, the Sunday Until I Die was three years ago now. Um, when he's on that oh, documentary, God. Oh, that, that whole thing about his injury. Yeah, but you just—he's been around for so long that you just think he must be older than he is, and he must have played more games. But I guess that's the injuries, right? The hairline doesn't help either. 
no, the hairline doesn't have, but he has embraced it now and he's shaved it and he did look a bit like Jamie Lang for a while, but obviously Jamie Lang has had the hair transplant now, so that's the He went the other way. He did go the other way. Um, The the other player who's been linked this week, uh, Tom, and this is absolutely a blast from the past, is uh, Jordan Rhodes. Uh, Mick McCarthy kind of refused to entertain the question. I mean, your reaction says it all. Mick McCarthy refused to entertain the question uh, about it in the press conference yesterday. Um, it feels like a reheat from earlier this summer. Um, it looks like maybe a loan until the end of the season. I've written some pros and cons. Pros, he knows where the goal is. Cons, that was seven years ago and he hasn't scored double figures in five seasons. Um, <laughs> is it worth a punt? If we can get a cheap deal... Keep him for the end till the end of the season. You know he could come in. He might he might regain his confidence. He might not. Is it worth a punt for a player who has got proven ability at this level? No, I don't think. <laughs> Sorry, there's some blunt responses today. No, um, I don't think so. No, we've got like people like Glatz and stuff. I don't like think that. so. Well, all right. Um, um, Ben Jordan Rhodes Jordan Nodes. No, nah, you're right. If it, he's your first, he's your go-to sign on FIFA 2011. But um, yeah. before that, other than that, what's the fucking point? Sheffield Wednesday fans are desperate to be rid of him. He wore the number six for a season because someone took his number nine. <laughs> he can't even that, get the number he wants. That annoys me. That annoys me. Um, yeah, I'm just not asked by him. He sort of, he was always that player that you thought should go to the Premier League, never really had the bottle to do it. And now his career's faded away very quickly. Um, no, we've got strikers that can't score. We may as well play for sell. He's injured. Oh, Come on, <laughs> there's a difference. Um, he can, but Rhodes can't run. That's why he can't score anymore. He's lost any true. bit of pace he had. He's just, yeah, just. I mean, uh, coming coming back to Luke Lloyd Taylor's question: How many new signings do you think will come in tomorrow? What time players? I I, I think Johnny Williams will happen. Um, and then he also said, personally, think we need a defensive midfielder and a right back. Um, from my perspective, if we sign Johnny Williams, I don't think we need to sign another midfielder because that would free up the other midfielders to play in a different way. Um, so, you know, you'd, we'd have all of a sudden we'd have Rolls, Volks, Bakuna and Pack who can all play in that midfield. Um, we've got Ruben Colwell coming through from the, the the youth team as well, who Mick McCarthy seems to like. So, And we've got Wilson, obviously, in the midfield as well. So I don't think we need to sign another defensive midfielder because we've got different players with different strokes there. But it talks about a right back. Um, do we need another right back, Tom, to cover? Maybe in an ideal world, but I don't think it's a priority anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't see us bringing in more than one player now and I wouldn't be surprised if no one came in um, but yeah I think like you said the, the Johnny Williams rumour was on BBC so unless it's strong they don't normally post anything so yeah they'll probably see him come through the door but I don't think there'll be anyone else Ben do you see anyone else coming in alongside Johnny Williams? Not really I don't think McCar- I don't think the club are going to go too big on giving McCarthy too many players if he's here short term anyway I think that's one big factor. And also, he hasn't had time to put his scouts out there to see what he really fancies. Um, I agree. I'd love, to, I'd love for us, even with Johnny Williams coming in, I'd still think we need that absolute bastard anchorman midfield, centre midfielder. Um, like I said, well, I'll say it until the day I die, we miss Aaron Gunnison. Just a player like that would just be perfect. Um, right back, I think they're Come looking at the academy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're looking for an academy player to sort of come in there, see who they've got there. Um, so I don't think that's going to be a position we go for. But yeah, defensive midfielder would be the icing on the very good window if we. I suppose if we if we're being optimistic, Kieran Brown coming back could be like a new signing in in the back. You know, yeah. we've all of a sudden we'll have Brown, Flint, Morrison, and Nelson to play as in, in the back four. All of a sudden we've got Baggin and Bennett at 
left back. We've got Bakuna and um, whoever we've signed, NG. <laughs> I forgot his name then at right back. We've got Waters up front as well. So the squad is strengthened, isn't it, Tom? Well, if you read, um, sorry to jump in there. If you read what McCarthy said about. Do you want name Tom? Can be. I'll, I'll be mute you. you. I have that control. I will mute you. <laughs> but I think McCarthy just says what every fan wanted to hear on Saturday. He does not see Bakuna as a right back. I mean, he isn't. He plainly isn't. Um, I can't remember what I asked you, Tom, but do you want to answer it? I can't remember either, but like, what about Kieran Brown? I'll go with that. Um, yeah, go Kieran Brown. Yeah. Like a new signing. New signing, that's it. That's the one. Yeah, he had man of the match in the last in his last game. I don't know whether that was a token gesture or not, because I didn't actually watch it. He scored, and I think he might have assisted for Jets' goal. Oh, nice. But, you know, I feel bad with denying him a cup final, aren't we, by bringing him back? We said we are, yeah. He didn't play in the semi-final either. I think we called him back. Um, and Ben, to your point about scouts, uh, Mick McCarthy is the. I think he's like Warnock. He just uses scouts. Uh, he has scouts everywhere because he said the reason he's calling back Kieran Brown is because he had good reports from his Scottish scouts about him. Well, they were uh, they went unbeaten for like 11, 12 games, haven't they? They're on an absolutely mad run. Yeah, I, th- I think they're up to they the played through all that. Brown. They love him there. They absolutely love Kieran Brown. Like the fans are gay to see him go and they think he'll do well. Um, I'm really, I, I like, like I said, I said at the start of the season, I like to see Kieran Brown given a go in this in defence. I think from what I've, the little, I've not seen much of him, but what I've seen, he seems like a good player that's wasted a left back um, under, under Warnock. I think people sort of judge him on that. I think he could be a really good sort of ball carrying central, central defender. Ah, you, you don't say ball carrying, swashbuckling, because he does look like a pirate. He looks like a pirate. He does yeah, look like a pirate. Very good. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, right, so yeah, Johnny Trans window closes tomorrow. Um, you won't hear from us tomorrow, so just imagine that we're happy if we sign Johnny Williams. Um, and to round off this week's podcast uh, is the view from Ninian Hall of Fame. Ben, as usual, we come to you for the results of the last vote, because I can't remember them. Oh, no. <laughs> it's been so long ago, I actually can't remember what happened. Um, um, I can't remember either. Um, but for those who don't know, it's worth explaining. The View from Ninian Hall of Fame is every week we nominate something uh, individually that we want to put into a fictitious View from Ninian Hall of Fame. Um, it could be anything, a kit, a loan signing, a goal. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, any any moment in Cardiff City history. Um, and at the end of the season, we'll have a uh, a big, big vote for the overall winner of the View from Ninian Hall of Fame for the season. And um We'll, we'll have a view from the Hall of Fame to enjoy for the rest of our lives. Um, it's our little gift to the world. Um, ben, have you found the tweet yet? We tweet so much shit, man. That's some good, <laughs> that's some good like, filibustering then. Tweet that was good very content. good, and I'm really letting the side down. But we there's... tweet good content. Um, yeah, so if you want to get involved in the vote, go to our Twitter account, VFT Ninian. That's VFT Ninian. Uh, we post it there every Wednesday, sometimes Thursday, if Ben Price forgets. Um, <laughs> well, if I forget, I've got a job as well. This, this, I know, this... that's what I'm saying. Oh, we've all got a job. We all do this. You know, this is a, a labour of love. Um, and yeah, you can you can find the, the hashtag VFTNHOF and find all the historic votes as well. To see Why can I look for that? Um, because honestly, I don't know what week this is of us doing this, but it must be sort of week 20. Um, I, you know, oh, not week 20, but we must have had about 20 votes so far this season. Because um, what the, I can't even remember what the scores are. Tom, I think you're still in the lead with six. I think I'm on four, and I think Ben's on four. So when I say 20, 14 votes. There. <laughs> <laughs> ben, have you found it yet? I found it, yeah. I thought it was a week we had done another one since, but then I remember it's been a while since we've done the Hall of Fame and a lot's gone on so if I'm not mistaken you might be it was the last Hall of Fame was you nominated Richard Langley 
I did. I nominated Langers. Good man. Tom nominated Cardiff City in the movie. Oh, I did, yes. Oh, yeah. That's I, nominated, I nominated the 2010-2011 mid, uh, midfield. Um, I think I know who won this. I have no um, idea. Unfortunately, Ben, it wasn't you that won it. No, I, I mean, I didn't think so. In second place was Cardiff City the movie with 36%. Oh, piss off. And I believe this pulls me level with all of you, and I'm back in the game. Um, the Cardiff City midfield of 2010-2011, I'm pretty sure, including Aaron Wildig, swung it for me. Um, yeah. Winner. So yeah, I think it deserved winner. I think that now goes, sorry, Tom. I think that now goes Tom 6, U5, me 4, doesn't it? I mean, Good, glad we're keeping score. Glad we're keeping score. <laughs> we can I picked, again. <laughs> I picked up a few over the last week. If, if a listener can go back and listen and sort of tell us what the scores are. You just, next week, you count, just count, ben, to the yeah, hashtag. count the tweets, Ben. Count the tweets, oh, yeah, Ben. I'll, use the, hashtag, I'll use the hashtag week. and work it out. So we're, we're all quite equal. It's anyone's game at this stage, but Tom is in the lead, I think. Um, as you won, Ben, you get to go first this time. Um, uh, so it's over to you, Ben, for your view from the Indian Hall of Fame nominee this week. My love for midfielders is continuing, but not in the way you'd expect. Everyone knows Victor Camarasa is a fantastic human being. And I'm one, when a player departs, unless I've got a really special bond with them, I unfollow them on social media. It's like a proper breakup. If you leave the club, fuck off out of my life. Mm-hmm. But um, Big Vic, I can't let go of. I can't let go of that smile. And this so week, handsome. he is. He's very handsome. He's got just a lovely life. It looks very sunny out there. And um, yeah. He um, bought himself a new toy this week. He bought himself a three-screened <laughs> driving setup to play. It's what I'm assuming is either Gran Turismo or something like that. And looked amazingly pleased with himself. So, um, yeah, I'm picking his driving setup, which includes interchangeable steering wheels so he can swap between a rally steering wheel and a Formula One steering wheel. Pedals, the lot. Surround sound so it looks like he's driving in a windscreen. It's amazing. It's a great setup, and Vic looks very pleased himself. So, for that reason, I'm picking his gaming setup. Great. It's a good nomination. Um, I'll go next, then, Tom. You can finish off. Um, so, it's January transfer window. This time last year, we wondered who we were going to sign. And obviously, everyone remembers the moment that it was announced Cardiff City have signed Brad Smith. Uh, <laughs> Brad Smith, boys. You remember when? Oh, that time he... Yeah. Do you know, do you know what I remember what, most about Brad Smith? What a signing. Go on. His name? I met him in Curry's when I was buying a coffee machine and he was buying a TV for his flat. And the game, it was during the game, wasn't it? During the, the game, yeah. It was the day, like the first game after he signed. Yeah. I randomly decided to go buy a coffee machine and he decided to uh, go buy a TV at the same time. Um, the squad wow. had been announced because I was rushing back to get back for the game. For, for that reason, I'm putting Brad Smith in the Hall of Fame. Um, I just think it was an absolutely sterling loan signing by Neil Harris. He, I think he played about 14 minutes, <laughs> all told. Um, and I don't think we've ever seen a left-back like him. Um, you know, I can see why we didn't keep him, because he was so good that you would have put Bennett and Cunningham to shame. Um, so we had to get rid of him. We had to send him back to Seattle and go, go on, you're a hero over there. Go back to your people. Um, so for that reason, I'm putting Brad Smith in the view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Don't know how you're going to beat that one this week, boys. I honestly don't. He's going to win, isn't he? Just out of irony. <laughs> and Tom, over to you to probably extend your lead. Well, I'm not sure about that. It's quite an unorthodox week this week. And I, I've gone pretty unorthodox by picking an opposition player's performance 
But who can forget, you know, August 2016, when Shane Duffy scored two own goals and got sent off. <laughs> you know, I thought, you know, with, with Flint's own goal this week, it just came flooding back to me. You know, within 20 minutes, he'd scored two in his own net. Then Danny Graham, the Jack Bastard, got Blackburn back in the game. But then just to round off a perfect day for Duffy, got sent off in the 95th minute. And, you know, we've lacked some performances over the last few weeks, but that is one of the best performances I've seen for Cardiff in many a year. He was our top scorer till the middle of September. Yeah, that's it. I should have said that's a good one. <laughs> Got over that. Fantastic. Didn't, didn't he leave for Brighton not long after that as well? This, this is a lot of Blackburn fans think he did it on purpose. To, like he got the red card as two own goals on purpose to push through a move. Oh no, he looked fucking fuming when he got yeah. sent off. <laughs> so angry. Brilliant. He's, um, he's now at Celtic, isn't he? Where he's playing absolutely garbage. Yeah, not well. They really hate him up there. Right, that's it for your nominations for this week's uh, View from the Indian Hall of Fame entries. Ben, when's the vote happening? Wednesday, Thursday, whenever it can be fucked. Bollocks to you. Oh, that's not very nice. Look out for the hashtag VFTNHOF and make sure you're following us on Twitter, VFTNinian, to get involved. Um, almost the end of the podcast, boys. There's just one thing to mention. Um, are we going to show us something then, Tom? I was just going to show you the... Oh, the Kofi as well. Yeah, ko-fi.com forward slash... VFTN, VFT Ninian, I think is the, the webpage. Yeah. Um, if you like what we do, you can give us some donations there. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a one off, or you can set it up monthly. Um, this is a labor of love and a passion project, especially for Ben. Um, so if you can donate any money, it's much, much appreciated. Um, but it's, it's everyone's favorite player's birthday today, boys. Um, I don't know if you wanted to round off with a message for the Gav man, uh, Gavin White's birthday today. Tom, uh, you look particularly struck by that. So uh, <laughs> you got anything to say to the Gav man? Uh, yeah, your cards in the post um, and the present <laughs> There are delays well. with Royal Mail at the moment. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that. why it's not going to arrive on time. So keep an eye out for it, Gav, and, you know, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> ben? I sent it to his flat in Cardiff, not thinking I didn't have his address oh, for Holland. Ah, yeah. of course. That was my mistake. Um, that cake's that cake's gonna go off by the time he gets back in May. It is, yeah, that's a shame. That was a nice cake as well, wasn't it? A Biscoff, it I believe it was. Biscoff expensive. Cheesecake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> got it made specially for him. Um, Gav, you know, the bay, the seagulls are gonna fucking destroy that, aren't they? The mess. Yeah, yeah. God, you mess, you, Gav. You I'm text, sorry. Better text him and apologize. Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, so you know, this podcast goes out to Gavin White, um, the Gav man. We miss you, mate. Um, wish you'd come back at the end of the season. Uh, hope you're able to celebrate your birthday today up in Hull. Um, and, and good luck for the rest of the season. We'll, we'll see you in the summer. Right, so, cheers, Gav, man. Your turn to get the Gav, man. Off you cheers, Gav. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now? All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? 
all you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>